Hey everybody, John, chapter 5 is what we're going to read today. It is like a messed up story of Israel, all wrapped up into this guy who is an invalid uh, and he's expecting nothing from Jesus. He's expecting maybe a magical healing from some other source. Jesus has words and actions for him. Uh, good stuff as we explore and hear um, God's word today. All right, let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this word. Open, open your word to us. Give us patience and um, knowledge of the hope that we have. Help us to cling to you by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Here we go. Uh, by the way, uh, please comment if you are brave enough and share what might be your favorite verse or favorite part of the story. All right. After this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. By the way, in the Septuagint in Deuteronomy chapter 2, uh, Israel was in the wilderness for 38 years. Coincidence? I don't know. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? What a great question. Of course. Of course he does, right? Maybe. The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, Get up and take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed and he took up his bed and walked. This is sign number three that Jesus has done. Um, so pretty cool stuff. First one was water into wine. Second one was healing the, the, the uh, young man or boy from a distance. And now it's healing this man uh, who cannot walk um, and he heals him instantly. He takes up his bed and walks. Now that day was the Sabbath. Da, 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 da. Watch out, it's the Sabbath. Verse 10. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, the man who healed me, that man said to me, take up your bed and walk. He blames Jesus that he is breaking the Sabbath by picking up his bed and walking. They asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, as there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. In other words, stop rejecting my word. Um, See that nothing worse may happen to you. Acknowledge that uh, you have been healed and uh, don't put up with these shenanigans from, um, from those who oppose and make up their own rules and traditions. Verse 15, the man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. Ah, come on, dude. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, my father is working until now and I am working. So Jesus blames his father. It's not blame. He's just saying the father is working and he is working like his father. Verse 18, this is why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, number one thing, but he was even calling God his own father, number two, which meant making himself equal with God. Yeah, let's get rid of this guy. He's a Sabbath breaker. He calls God his father. He makes himself equal with God. All right, so now we're going to have the third discourse here in, um, in this gospel. Um, the first one was Jesus and Nick at night. 
uh, second one, last chapter, was uh, Jesus and the woman at the well. Here, it's Jesus defending his authority before the Jews, uh, the Jews who think that he is breaking the Sabbath and think that he is making himself equal to God. So, verse 19. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these he will show him, so that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. Wow. Think of this claim just for a moment. Just back up. Jesus is saying, not only does my Father raise people and give them life, the Son also has this authority to give life to whom he will. Who can give us life, right? Um, what rabbi do you know? What good teacher do you know can give you life? Uh, not Muhammad, Confucius, uh, Buddha, uh, any political leader. They can't, but Jesus can. Verse 22, the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. Highlight that. That's awesome. Hear the word and believe him who sent me. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Um, I know you care about grammar. So that verb has passed from death to life. It's in what's called a perfect tense. It means it happens and it continues forever, right? It's like um, someone hitting a baseball. It, it hits it and it goes and it goes and it goes. And it never stops. Uh, that's the, the tense of the verb. So um, for those who believe in Jesus and, and the one who sent him, we've passed from death to life. It goes on and on. Verse 25, truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. He's talking about the last day, but he's also talking about this day, how his word, just like in the beginning, um, God spoke and said, let there be light. And there was light. God, um, by his word, he made things happen. So here, today, he speaks his word and things happen. Uh, dead people like me are brought to life. Verse 27, and he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. Do not marvel at this for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out and those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Think of the authority of Jesus here. Who else can say at the end of time, I'm going to raise people out of the dust and I'm going to assign to them life or death. Wow. Uh, Jesus does this. Jesus claims this, to do this. He is no mere teacher. Verse 30. I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. If I alone bear witness about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who bears witness about me, and I know that the testimony that he bears about me is true. You sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Not that the testimony that I receive is from man, but I say these things so that you may be saved. He was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But the testimony that I give is greater than that of John. So he corroborates with John. John pointed him, but he gives a testimony greater. For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing, 
bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. So we often think of like, uh, there's these summary reports, not to mention all the specific reports about Jesus doing miracles. Uh, Acts 10, Peter summarized this, that Jesus went about doing good and God was with him. And so Jesus is saying, these things that I do, these works, like for instance, this healing of this man um, who uh, was not able to walk, um, these works, these miracles bear witness about me. Who else can do these things? Verse 37. And the Father who has sent me has, has himself borne witness about me. All right, so now there's another testimony. It's the, the voice of the Father. His voice you have never heard, his form you have never seen, and you do not have his word abide in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. Well then, okay, so if we have not personally heard the voice of the Father, although that'll happen in John chapter 12, if I have not personally heard the voice of the Father, then how does he bear witness? Well, look, verse 39, you search the scriptures. The Father has spoken through the scriptures. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. Oh, that is great stuff, isn't it? I do not receive glory from people, but I know that you do not have the love of God within you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, on whom you have set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? Whew. There's some cutting words there. Jesus is, is uh, cutting to the chase. He's telling us what is true. He's showing us the witnesses that speak of him. Um, John the, well, John the Baptist, all of the works that Jesus does, the voice of the Father through the scriptures, Moses, all these uh, testimonies about Jesus. So why? Why do people still not believe? Um, that's a question that Jesus raises. Um, so I commend to you to believe in Jesus, uh, to cling to him alone. He is as he says, the one who all judgment has been given to. Um, he is the one at the end of time who will raise us to life if we believe in him. All right, hope you have a good day and a good weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. God bless. Bye.